Welcome, Welcome to, to Power, Power of X-Men, 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 the greatest, the greatest comic book podcast in all of the multiverse. How, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, my name is Dan W from Dan Who Reviews on YouTube and It's Dan Who on Instagram. I just want to say a very special welcome to this episode of the Powers of X-Men. During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you, know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. <laughs> but giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. Oh my God, guys! We got Dad W from Dad Who Reviews. What's up? <laughs> I'm all good, my friend. I'm all good. As I said, uh, it's uh, work is finished now, so I feel a little bit better. I've cracked open a, a bottle of Koppelberg, so I'm ready to go. Uh, wait, wait, you cracked open a, a, a what? A Koppelberg. It's a, it's a fruity cider. Fruity cider. It's, I'm trying to get sponsored by these guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worked so far, seriously. But uh, I've, I've themed the whole show Legends and Liquor on them and everything. But uh, <laughs> they still ain't. They, they retweeted me once, but uh, I still haven't had a free crate to my door. But uh, Thursdays, because I stream on the Thursdays, it's my wind down uh, sort of day. We're on the way to the weekend now, so I'm, I'm in a good mood. Oh, that's right, because you have a stream happening later tonight for you. It's yes. noon our time here in New York City. I always, Dan, every time. I do an episode past five o'clock. I always have wine next to me to the point that there's some episodes that I'm listening back to them. I'm like, shit, man, he's drunk. <laughs> like the way, like my words just slur. I'm like, I don't know what happened. It's hysterical. So I'm really jealous now. I just have coffee. Well, it is past five o'clock, my end. So I'll, I'll do the drinking for <laughs> us. Don't worry about it. Um, I was telling you this before we started recording. I'm obsessed with your channel. Two kinds. No, I'm not being too kind. My husband and I, we like, we love sitting down and just watching your reviews. That song you have in the beginning of every episode, that's iconic. Oh, yeah. I try now. I wanted to like brand the channel. Uh, I I do think like people remember brands rather than rather than people like if you say Pepsi or Coke, you know, like people know who they are. So like I always wanted to brand have a brand so dan who is the brand and dan i completely understand dan is such a generic name you probably know multiple people called dan so that's why i had the whole dan who gimmick because when you go have you seen dan's new review people go dan who you go yes (laughs) yes exactly him you know so like now have you ever heard dan who hopefully you think of me so no, that was the origin story of <laughs> your name until this very moment. It's so fucking clever. Yeah, it's from my music days. Before I did uh, YouTube, it, yeah, I did music. Um, so if you literally Googled uh, Dan W, you can find my website. I've got music videos online. Uh, I ran a record label for a good couple of years. Um, and that's how I got into video and en- editing and all that. So when I sort of started fading away from the music, I still had so much creative energy. And uh, I already had like editing skills and I was already passionate about this type of stuff. But I was like, why not? Why not make a channel? And that's what I did. 
I love that. Well, now I'm understanding why we gravitate <coughs> towards your channel so much. My husband works in, in music and I work in live entertainment. We were both oh, very wow. profoundly affected by the pandemic. Oh, of so. course. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just saw your review with Captain Marvel and Rescue. Yes. Yes. I'm, I have those figures on pre-order. They haven't shipped yet to me. I don't know how you got them early. Everyone, everyone gets <laughs> figures early except for me. I, the only time I ever got a, a figure early was the 90s Jean from the Rocket Wave. And that's because I got her on eBay the second she hit and I paid an obscene amount. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love uh, that review. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I, am, I do not have no secret source or anything like that. Honestly, I am just like you trying to find ways to get things early. And luckily for me, occasionally some people will hit me up knowing what I want. Cause I'm very vocal about what I want. If you listen to my live streams, I'm not shy about telling people what I want and need. And uh, luckily people help me out. But uh, the UK distribution is very weird because we don't have the Walgreens, the targets, the Walmarts. Like we have a very, and just think England itself where I live is probably the, it's smaller than most States in the U S. So it's like a very isolated thing. So when things land on our shores, they're very quick to get, um, and because we don't have the exclusives, there's no middleman. It's not like they've got to go to a Walgreens warehouse and they've got to wait for Walgreens to put them on the shelf. It's literally our, our stuff goes straight to our online retailers. And um, I've obviously built a relationship with some of these online retailers. And again, I've got, I get, never get nothing free. I think recently Hasbro have started to pay attention, which is always delightful. But I've been doing YouTube content for years and never getting anything free. And I refuse to pay extra for stuff either. Like I'm not one of those guys who will pay extra for something. Um, if I can get it for retail and I can get it early, I will, I'll bite your hand off, but um, I won't be paying double or nothing unless it's something like I genuinely really want. But uh, when it just comes to regular reviews, I don't, I won't review anything. I don't want either. If that makes sense. I'm not one of those. That's why I'm always very positive because like I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got bills to pay. I'm not just going to buy things for the sake of it. You know, I'm buying things that I want to add to my collection and my YouTube channel is just a way for me to, cause my missus doesn't care. You know, my friends don't care. So like my YouTube channel is just my outlet to uh, just uh, talk toys with anyone who's willing to listen. And luckily for me, a few people do. So, uh, but yeah, no secret. If I had a secret, I'd tell you, but honestly, no secret. I just get lucky sometimes with the UK distribution. Well, I'm just so happy that you don't have a Walgreens. I'm so jealous of that. I fucking hate going to Walgreens. Like searching for Danny and the Cuckoos and Mystique uh, these yeah. last few years. And I live in the city. So like there is a Walgreens in every block. And I have literally, I was on my way to a gig. I'm an auctioneer, as a lot of people know. And I'm in like my full velvet suit. It's winter. And I see like 10 Walgreens as I get off the subway and walking to the venue. And I stop at every single one of them looking for Danny. And then, of course, you give them like the tracking codes and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, we have one. And it's like they never have one. So... I don't know. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky you don't have a Walgreens. Uh, my missus shares your passion because when I went to uh, Florida a few years ago, mm. I was like, that was when I was like deep into collecting. And I was I just, I'd never been to like the Walgreens and the Targets to actually hunt toys. I, I, I live vicariously through my American friends because you can't hunt in the UK. Our UK stores do not sell legends. It's all online. So we don't really get that shopping experience. So when I went to America, we, uh, we went to uh, like to Disneyland essentially in Florida. So we were, we I'm were from Florida. Well, I, it was literally, I can't even remember the, the hotel or the road or anything, but on the road were like 
10 Walgreens. Yeah. And I remember getting on the coach, like being from the coach to the hotel, just like taking a note of every single one and then like going, okay, we're going. And I dragged my girlfriend into every single Walgreens and she shares your passion. She hates Walgreens now because of me. And all I could find was like the old Rhino builder figure wave. And it was, it was there like white tiger and figures that I, I didn't need or, or want, but I still brought them. Cause I was so excited to <laughs> see things actually on the shelf. Mine was, I saw magic all the time. I, I went to LA for, uh, for a gig and it was a really big, like high profile celebrity gig. And I was with my client in the car and we passed a Walgreens and I was like, mm. and at the time <laughs> I hadn't gotten like my third Danny or something like that. And I told this to Ryan Ting when we had him on the podcast, I was like, Oh, to my client who is like a pretty big deal. I was like, do you mind just like pulling aside so I can go to Walgreens? <laughs> I forgot toothpaste. And they look at me, they're like, no, your hotel will have toothpaste. I'm like, no, you don't understand i have very specific <laughs> and literally i just bolted to the toy section and it was just magic oh and yellow daredevil yes. that figure was everywhere years ago it was just like a peg warmer and the uh, ant-man the grady ant-man uh the oh my god i just uh, forgot about that until yeah now. he he used to sit around you could probably still get yourself a uh, medusa as well i still see them on pegs from people shopping and all the good ones like you said the dannies the cuckoos the mystiques even the punisher back in the day as well like all of them like uh yeah you won't find them now i i, I think i missed the one of the very first ever walgreens exclusive was the um it was the Agent Venom, the Agent Venom one, the black version. And I never, never got that one. Never got that one. It still hurts me. Did you, when you said that you don't really review or collect anything you don't want because you have a mortgage to pay, yep. is that advice you give to other like people who are trying to start up a YouTube channel? Because one of the things I find with other people with podcasting and sort of running an Instagram community, they feel this need to report or you know talk about things that they're not interested in. And I always tell them, no, just lean into what you like. I, I always think it's the golden rule is you can't you can't fake passion do you know like you can't fake it i think you see through it very quickly so if you are putting your energy and trying to review or trying to build something around something you genuinely don't care too much about i think your audience are going to notice that very quickly and it's people gravitate towards other people's passion and love for things like especially if you have those in common um so yeah and consistency is key as well like i people look at the numbers far too much do you know like as I said, I've, I've said many times, I'm a small fish, but it doesn't mean my I dip in quality or my production levels are lower. Like I have my own sort of standards and it doesn't matter if 10 people are going to watch or, or a thousand people are going to watch. I'm still going to put that same energy into a video and be consistent with it. Like I get the majority of my, like I do get the occasional thing early because I'm in the UK, but the majority of just Marvel Legends, I get pretty late. So like I'm just getting around to reviewing the Bring on the Bad Guys waves. The Americans have had uh, reviewing for like over a month now. So like I know my reviews ain't going to get tons of views, but it doesn't matter to me because I, I like I that as I said, that's my shared experience where I get to open the toys with you guys, talk about them, and the people that are watching, I know genuinely care. And I'd rather have a hundred people that genuinely want to see my review to hear my thoughts and feelings than just be known as that guy that gets stuff first. Do you know, like yeah. I don't want to be that guy. No, I think that's really what you just said. You just nailed it right there. I think people look at the numbers way too much. And I always tell people, my, my friends are huge. I have two friends who are huge, like Instagram influencers. Like they do that full time. They got the mm -hmm. half a million, you know, followers on Instagram and they got all that branded content from like Chanel and stuff like that. And they've said this since day one, since they started their accounts, 
I don't care what that number is. People look, people who really care about this stuff, they look at engagement and how people yes. are engaging with your content. And it's exactly what you said. And that's how I feel, which is I would rather have like one to like five people who really care about what I have to say that other than being known for something else that just ranks up, you know, views and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. As I said, it's the keys. You can't, you can't fake passion. And uh, like community is key. Like I, that was one thing that surprised me about having this YouTube channel. Like I didn't really, I made a YouTube channel. Like, as I said, the, the full story is Glenn Webb passed away and like that. The, he was one of my favorites like he's a uk guy he, i wouldn't buy a marvel legends without watching glenn wedge review or, or shada message review like Same. they were my two, two go-to guys and then uh glenn obviously suddenly passed away like uh, unexpectedly and, and i think it was august 2016 yeah. um and it, it you know like i'm not really someone who gets affected by celebrity deaths or anything like that but and i know glenn wasn't a celebrity but he to me he was someone that i watched virtually every day like i didn't know the guy I, i've spoke to him maybe a couple of times over instagram or something but i was i didn't i didn't know him but that genuinely affected me i was like wow i was like damn like that's a gap now it's a void that i'm not gonna get back and um it was really sad seeing craig warwick obviously trying to talk and explain what happened and it was just i don't know it just hit me hard and uh that's when i realized like there's a void in the UK. Not that I'm ever going to fill the void that Glenn left, but Glenn inspired me to just be myself. And like, because obviously everyone has that um, sort of embarrassment. Not, I guess, I guess it is an embarrassment in a way where you like it's just a little secret. Like, no one, like, so I, I play football. You know, I did music and hip hop and all that. And like, this was my little secret I did on the side. And uh, but Glenn really inspired me to go. Do you know what? Let's just put out, put myself out there. And as I said, I already had the camera equipment. I already had the editing skills. And uh, I wanted to fly that flag for the UK because all the Americans were talking about Tigers and Walgreens and how they get their legends. And I thought it would be fun to share that UK experience. And at that time, when I first started my channel, there wasn't really a UK legends guy. Um, so again, I just wanted to be that UK, I wave that UK flag uh, for the collecting community. And community, as, a, as you just said, is the thing that surprised me the most from YouTube is like, there's genuinely a community out there. It's not just people writing the odd comment or just keyboard warriors there's genuinely passionate people that are out there that just want to share this the same love for for whatever it is and there's so many different paths in collecting there's no rules and that's another reason i love it so much is that you will collect and you will have certain rules about what you collect and why you collect it and i have my own reasons and rules and my display will be we could have the exact same figures but our displays would be different because we both have different rules and it doesn't mean either one of us is wrong it's just that we all can add our own little personal touch to this thing we love it's so diversive and yeah i just as i said this the collecting community is something that surprised me and it's probably the best thing that's came out of my youtube is the friends and connections i've made from it like we're talking now because i made a youtube channel which is crazy <laughs> It is. I, I love everything you just said. Like, I feel like you are just taking everything I have felt these last few months and just like articulated it in a far better way than I ever could. <laughs> I hate using the word followers, for example, on Power of X-Men, because yeah. I've always said this is a community and Power of X-Men was created as a reaction to the vitriolic, like CBR, like message boards or these toxic gatekeepers. And I have said the same exact thing of what you said, except with like comics, there's no wrong way to be a fan. 
And yeah. my biggest fear when I'm doing a podcast is to talk about a character in a negative way that's someone's favorite character, because then you just create that wall. You want to build that sense of community. I'm starting to see it more as an ecosystem as I've branched out into other mediums, but you want people to have a sense that you can come into this room and we have a different way of approaching this hobby and we can all look to it. And you can be a fan of just like the MCU films, or you can be a crazy like Jean Grey fan like me who dissects every like panel but I just I think what you have done has been phenomenal and it's so fortuitous I didn't know that Glenn Webb actually inspired you because I was saying before we recorded yeah my husband and I came to you after Glenn Webb and I don't know what the timeline is with your channel and everything but when we discovered you I was like oh I'm just so glad I have this channel too I love so many other you know reviewers and YouTubers, but you in particular, I just felt like a little bit more of a personal rapport with, I'm starting to understand now as you're talking, as we've finally met, but Glenn Webb, I loved Glenn Webb so much. Oh, of course. Devastated. Was his name Craig? Um, Craig Warwick. Yeah. Craig Warwick. When, yeah. when he posted that, I remember sitting on the sofa and crying, mm. you know, mm. as I said, celebrity deaths, like, you can see your favorite actor or favorite musician pass away and like, yeah, it's not never nice, but it's like, it, it, it's just, they're a bit distant, they're distant to you. But when you're watching someone's content every single day and you share all those same passions and stuff, and then it's just suddenly taken away, as I said, it hit you, it hit me a little deeper uh, than I expected it to. And he, as I said, he passed away in the August and then my channel was started. I started my channel, I think in the December of that, uh, 2016 as well. And um, as I said, like if Glenn was still about, I probably wouldn't have a YouTube channel at all because as I said, I, I was living vicariously through him. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to uh, have that UK representation because as, as you said, there's so many other collectors and YouTubers and I'm a fan first and foremost, of course, like I, I, I watch all these other channels. Um, but again, there's not a vocal for the UK and, um, that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to give the UK perspective on collecting. So it is different. It's very different. Yeah. It's a very, so let, let, let's dive into, uh, the collecting experience here um, for you guys in the UK. First, I want your opinion on on the on the live stream yesterday. What did you think of the Hasbro live stream that happened? Yeah, yeah, it was expected. Once they said they had two live streams for July, we all knew that the Galactus was coming, so that was going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was probably going to be what if, and that's exactly what happened. Um, so. Galactus, the first live stream a week or so ago now, very happy to see that finally announced. I said if it wasn't Galactus, I'd eat my hat. So <laughs> thankfully, my hat is staying on my shelf. It's um, <laughs> don't have to eat that. Um, but yeah, it had to be Galactus. And uh, they've been, they said it ages ago that uh, Galactus was always meant to be the first HasLab, but then they switched for the, the army builder for the first one, just so they could rank those numbers in. And it makes sense from a business uh, point of view. Oh, but yeah, ha- both the Sentinel and Galactus look amazing. I can't wait to add them to the collection. Um, and then what if I was, I genuinely didn't expect to see, like obviously over the last couple of months when the rumors hit out, I knew they were coming. But before that, what if it just completely like gone out of my brain in regards to getting legends. Like I wanted legends from uh, One Division, wanted legends from Falcon and Wind Soldier, wanted legends from Loki, uh, but I did not think to myself, "Oh, I want legends from What If." So when those rumors started to come out, it sort of caught me off guard. Going, "Oh, do I want animated MCU figures?" Like I was like, "I don't know, I don't know." And now I've seen them. I'm like, okay, I think I want them. I think I want them. And that's even without seeing the show. But I'm, I'm a sucker for all things MCU. But. Uh, as I said, I'll create my own rules. I'll be like, right, this corner of my display can be my 
MCU animated corner and maybe I can stick in some Spider-Verse figures as well. I know they're not MCU, but it, again, it's, <laughs> it's what if. What if they were? They're in my collection. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, loving the what if stuff. Um, I'm glad that we're getting Watcher. Like, I know that's an animated Watcher, but uh, that character design can so easily fit into some sort of cosmic oh, display. Yeah. So I'm very happy to finally be getting a Marvel Legends Watcher. I did pre-order the the um, select watcher that was going for crazy money on the aftermarket for so long. And that's getting a re-release later this year. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's getting a re-release. There was rumors that like uh, diamonds let lost the molds or something, but that was just stupid internet rumors. And as soon as what got announced, they were like, Oh yeah, let's re-release the watcher, which makes a lot of sense. So uh, yeah, I think if you go to your, your, your go-to places, you should be able to get a pre-order for the watcher. So I'll be able to uh, compare the two and have two watchers watching over my collection. So, um, yeah, very happy with that. And I like that we get the extra uh, deluxe figure with the uh, Hydra stomper uh, to go along oh, with Peggy, yeah. Captain Carter. Of course, UK repping. I've got to be loving Peggy Carter um, as Captain Carter. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm looking forward to getting her displayed riding on the back of uh, the, the Hydra stomper there. So it's a nice little, I like it when you can get a wave and you ain't got to wait like another six months to sort of round out that sort of setup, do you know, we just in that one wave, I've got a nice little setup of uh, some of the what if figures. And I'm, it just makes me more curious about the actual show itself, which starts in a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, excited for it. Yeah. And guys at home, we are going to be reviewing what if, and they're going to be minisodes, minisodes. So check them out. Um, Dan, I'm, I'm curious. So which one do you think is a breakout star of the what if wave? Do you think it's Captain Carter? Yeah, it has to be. They, she's they're, they're putting her at the forefront of all the marketing as well. So I think That's the very first, figure. I think the very first episode will be the the, the Peggy Carter episode um, where I assume she took the super serum, and then that's uh, Steve Rogers in the in the sort of. So it looks like the Ironmonger, isn't it? Some sort of degree. So I'm sure Tony Stark, well, Howard Stark will have something to do with that. Um, so I think that'll be the first episode. They could throw a curveball, but the way that she's leading the marketing, I do think she's going to be the and the, the most excited. She looks the, the best as well. Like I know Nebula's went to the, the salon recently as well. And that's her what that's her what is episode. What if Nebula went to the salon? Like uh, <laughs> but uh but still looks like a fun figure. But uh no, Peggy's Peggy's the standout for me. I was hoping they were gonna have like a hair swap and we can get more of a comics <laughs> accurate Nebula, yes, especially how yes. we saw her in the Infinity War. Yes. But, um yeah, Nebula kind of threw me for a curve there. But um, the one that really, for me, that I loved was T'Challa. And yes. it just made me think of Chadwick Boseman and his passing and what a gap that has sort of left in the MCU. Yeah, as I said, that was, that was another devastating piece of news in regards to people passing away where you just take, you just take it for granted. You just take these people for granted and then they, then they're gone and it just makes you reflect. But uh, as I said, he get, he it is going to be Chadwick Boseman's voice uh, as yeah. T'Challa in, in the what if, which is great, which is great. Um, of course, we've still got Black Panther two and uh, I'm very curious to see what they do with Black Panther Wakanda forever. So um, yeah. How yeah. are they going to deal with that? That's not, that's not an easy task. It's definitely yeah. not something I envy, but uh Trust in our Lord and Savior, Kevin Feige, and it should, everything should be fine. Yeah, I think Kevin Feige mentioned that it, they weren't going to recast him, but I think for the sake of like the story and they, how they're going to wrap up T'Challa's, they, they're either going to do a digital double or they'll recast him from you know a body double perspective. I'm forgetting what he says. You know, the news and everything over there um, coming out of Disney, it's always like back and forth. But how do you, how do you like the Disney Plus shows? How are you liking them in general? <laughs> 
Yeah, do you know, I, I was... I, what got me back into collecting was the MCU. Like, as I said, everyone has really? those dips. Yeah. So everyone has those dips in and out. And like, as I said, I, I was living on my own in a little flat and I didn't have a lot of space. So like, I'd always like have things on my wish lists and on, on eBay and stuff, but I wouldn't pull the trigger on anything. But then, as I said, the MCU got me itchy and I started, I think the first guardians of the galaxy film or the winter soldier, they both came out 2014 and that was when Legends started to really come back and kick into gear. Like, I did have some of the Epic Hero stuff. Uh, do you remember the, like you said, the, the Rocket Raccoon Builder Figure Wave oh, yeah. uh, and the Puck Builder Figure Wave and the Terrax? Like, I had some of them. Like, I had some of them. But I weren't displaying them or anything like that. It was just like I was picking them up when I seen them. Um, but when the Legends started to kick back into gear, I think it was that Mandroid Builder Figure Wave for the Winter Soldier. Uh, it's when they changed the packaging to what it is to still today. Yeah. Um and I managed to get hold of that whole wave. And so the MCU, like, as I said, they, I started buying that wave and then I got the Guardians of the Galaxy wave. And then I started to build what I loved on screen. I started to build, have that represented in plastic on my shelf. And like, and then the rest is now the rest is history. You can see all the plastic people behind me, you know? So your shelf is next level. Obviously I've seen it on your channel, <laughs> but like seeing it here on, on the power of X-Men zoom, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I'm literally rearranging it a minute. I'm trying to, I want to do something special for the, cause we're just, we we would have been streaming now because of obviously the pandemic last year, I started doing my live streams and next week uh, will be a year anniversary. Literally, I, I haven't missed a week. Yeah, so I want to do like a collection video or something. So I genuinely, since I moved in this house, I brought this house uh, about 18 months ago. I've not, I've been constantly tweaking and changing. So I've not done an actual update or anything like that. So I am um, looking forward to, look, you can see an empty shelf down there that I'm currently rearranging and there's just figures on the oh, floor and, yeah. and I've got loads of stuff up there. But um, yeah, I love that. I, I love, that's what I love about collecting as well. It's just that therapeutic time where I can just put a podcast on or put a movie on or whatever it is. And, but even put reviews on or other live streams and just sit there rearranging the display. Like that's my time. That's like, leave me alone. I'm chilling out. Um, and you can just escape into, into your hobby. That's what I, you know, the pandemic brought a lot of pain, especially for me personally. But one of the things I am grateful for is that I was able to lean into my, my fandom. I've been collecting legends nonstop since the X-Men Danger Room box set. Wow. Toy Biz did. Yeah, my husband and I, were when we first met, like our first day, we went to KB Toys here in, in Naples, Florida. And um, we picked up that box set and we, we've, we've never stopped. But when we moved to New York and we sort of started getting jobs and like life just kind of like took off, we just put things into like a closet and like our legends, it always depended on my mood. Like sometimes we would display it other times we wouldn't, but um, you know, when the pandemic happened and I was left with no work and nothing to do, um, we were fortunate enough to get uh, a bigger place. We got a new apartment with a study. And when we looked at this room, we were like, what do we do with it? And originally we were conceiving like a bar or something like that. And we were like, no, let's make it a fucking like geek room. Yes. And we were able to like bring in, we're still like redoing everything, but like we have some legends here. We've got legends there. We framed like posters we had like, dude, I have this like Marvel. I had this Marvel universe poster that I've wanted for such a long time. Seen and, it. Seen you yeah. posting it on your stories. Yeah. I know. I can't stop posting about it. It's like yeah. literally sick because 
I've had it. I've wanted it since I was a, you know, an intern at Marvel and now I have it and I didn't even frame it until recently. And it was in like a poster tube. So swinging back around to the, the Disney plus shows, like we went two years without any MCU content. So that thing that I'd love so much and so glad we got to Endgame before the, the, the pandemic <laughs> hit, because that would have, imagine having a two year gap between Infinity War and, and Endgame. That would have been crazy. It's insane, yeah. Though. Yeah. So uh, I was I, after, as I said, I was dying for some, mcu content uh, black widow got delayed and then eternals got <sighs> delayed and like just just like when then they're coming out and then finally finally one division hit in january of this year and uh so far i don't think they've missed i think one division was great uh falcon and Winter soldier was great loki was great and now t- just today they've announced that um we're gonna get hawkeye on in i think the 24th of november so yeah uh, that's yeah. officially happening now so so rank the disney plus shows for me i asked this of so many people come on the podcast um <laughs> WandaVision, okay. Loki, and Falcon. Does everyone else say it changes every day? Because that's what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> favorite characters, it changes every day, but not for the Disney Plus shows. People are pretty set on them, but I'm curious why okay. it changes. Rank them and then tell me why. Okay, why so it changes. I, okay, so Falcon and Winter Soldier first, then WandaVision, then Loki for me, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is not a popular opinion. But I was, I'm a fan of those side characters. I like those B characters that never get the tension in the movies like i loved uh anthony mackie's sam um sam wilson in oh, yeah it, for, throughout uh, the marvel films but he's always that side character he never got a highlight and i never thought would get any long form content which is focused on that guy that would take up the mantle of captain america like i never thought that would happen even two years ago do you know and now it's there it happens it existed and i love that long i love exploring those characters a little bit more even bucky who I loved from the comics now um, in uh, from the, the MCU. I love what they've done with the Winter Soldier in the MCU. Um, he, we got to learn a little bit more about him and he's just so much more fleshed out as a character. Um, and I love the street level. I know, I know obviously it's super serum and stuff like that, but still there's no, there's no, we're not going to space. There's no magic powers or anything like that. Do you know, it's just a very grounded sort of series. And I like that the MCU has that sort of, I know it's crazy saying it, but you know that sort of aspect of reality? It's like you can no. actually believe it can happen in the real world. I know it's all crazy, but those type no, of sort of grounded stories. They tackled a very big, big issues with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for example, and why it worked so well on the street level, especially that scene when they stopped them uh, and the cops stopped them. Yes. And that, that is something that's so emblematic of what happens today. It tackles systemic racism and trauma with Bucky, you know? it's and Isaiah Bradley as well. Like, who thought yeah. we'd see him in the MCU? Do you know, like, so... Yeah, I, I, as I said, I was, I, too. We got yes. Avengers right there. Yes, and so that was the one I was most anticipated for. Or so Eli. I think is it Eli was, or Ellie? I I always I, I say, think Eli. I think I think I it's say Eli, Eli yeah, in my Eli. head, and I, I I may have gotten it wrong in a previous episode, but I always think Eli. Anyways, continue. But uh, yeah, so I think that was the one I was most excited for. So I think I was always going to like that one the most. Uh, uh, One Division. Uh, I was really, <laughs> I hated that the episodes were so short. Do you know, like <sighs> it killed me because we'd watch 25 minutes, get into it. And then you'd have to wait a week. And it was like, I think if they were a little bit more, if they had those as the similar as Loki and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where they were glued together a little bit more, I would have felt a little bit more satisfied after episode. But I think it took like four episodes in 
before we actually got a little bit of what's going on. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the ride. I did enjoy, I, I understood what was going on and everything like that. Well, I wasn't one of those people who like, I'm lost. Like I, I knew exactly Same. what was going on. So I was enjoying it. I just wish it was like we got a little bit more each time because it killed me when it would come up saying, please stand by. I'd like, no. And her fucking uh, eyes would show on screen. I hated <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen's eyes the second I saw them. Uh, I'm so glad that um, uh, uh, we got visions back in it. Like now, yeah. uh, technically, he's back in the MCU. Like there's still so many questions from that show as well. Like we still need to see Monica Rambeau. What happens with her? Obviously she's off now to go and meet Nick Fury, maybe in space. Who knows? And the Marvels are coming out later. Uh, As I said, the vision, did he get his memories back? I know he's the white vision, but does he know what the previous vision knows? Like, and there's, they've changed the ending of that show on Disney plus. So you can actually sort of see vision hovering over Wanda's cabin. Like that was a, something they went back and changed or something yeah what is this supposed uh, to be vision I, I i read doctor strange i don't maybe I maybe it's something something's lingering yeah. over you see the, the shadow yes. going through yep yeah so it could be vision could be doctor strange who knows but uh mm-hmm. but uh, still i like the, the curiosity it makes us talk it makes us engages conversation uh but anyway i was as i said for that one i was hopeful because it was the return to the mcu after two years of nothing um, we finally were back in um, and then Loki as well surprised me I wasn't that excited for Loki I was like how are they going to do a Loki season and then the trailer turned me around I was like oh okay this looks interesting and then the show was what I didn't expect what we got from the show at all I didn't think they'd go so deep into multiverse with Loki if anything I thought the multiverse would be a very much a WandaVision type scenario right. so it's crazy that we're literally the doors opened with the uh, with uh, the multiverse through Loki so that was unexpected, but great as well. And again, that's sort of that's changed the game within the MCU now as well. With uh, with uh, the one the, the one who remains, or aka Kang, um, and Mortis yeah. in the house. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I, my mouth dropped. I thought when we're when you're looking at a television show, and we had um, a guest called Mr. Scott Free on the podcast. He said it was going to be he, his theory was that it would be another variant of Loki, and I agreed with him because you think. Yep these TV shows are, are self in, self-contained. And I think Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision were very self-contained in their narratives and like yes. what you get out of traditional television. But then, like of course, Kevin Feige on the Black Widow carpet was like, now there's no longer the TV or the movies. It's all the, you know, the... And the that's MCU. what I love. Yeah, and I, I love, love that. You. And I think Loki is emblematic of that. I think Loki showed that they will take the story and it will affect everything else where WandaVision didn't I agree because I thought WandaVision was supposed to be the first chapter and Kevin Feige said that in this multiverse saga maybe it is maybe we'll look back and I would be like oh yeah Ralph Boner was actually Daisy (laughs) past Quicksilver or whatever variant but I I I, I'm glad that now these shows are going to start affecting everything yeah, as I said, I, I thought the same as you. I think that's what the Marvel wanted you to think. They wanted you to think mm-hmm. the, the He Who Remains would be Loki because they're in the tra- in the sort of warm up trailers. They were showing you those King Loki scenes that eventually got cut entirely from the season. So, like, I think they wanted you to think it was going to be another variant of Loki. So, I like it when they catch us off guard like that because we didn't expect. We knew we knew uh, Jonathan uh, Majors was going to play. Kang, but I didn't expect to see him or, or see a version of Kang in in Loki. So um, yeah, and I love that's what I love so much about the MCU. I try and explain it to people all the time. Is that what other thing in history of cinema can is interconnected as intricately as the MCU? Do you know, like nothing, nothing ever. Do you know, like so, and it's it's like a, 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 a an, an episodic movie experience, which again is not something you see, like. 
so yeah, I love I love the MCU, and again, that's what that's what pulled me back into my fandom for all things Marvel. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into who you are. Who is Dan? Who? 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 Yeah. Who, who, who? yeah. 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 So I I'm curious. When did you first start collecting figures? Uh, so <laughs> was it was it Winter Soldier or were you so in, in my adult? In, I'm in my adult sort of life i have always admired and picked up the odd piece but as i said i was they were they're in boxes or i or I, I wasn't displaying anything i was just and i wasn't a completionist or anything like that so but i have always loved action figures and stuff of course like i'm, I'm the oldest of uh four boys in a house so i've got three little brothers so obviously growing up tons of toys um so I always collected, I was always very much a completionist, even as a kid. You know, like when I'd get figures as a kid on the back of the box, it would tell you who's in this, in like who else is there. Oh, I'd yeah. be like telling my parents, like, okay, I need all of these. Like they're on the back of the box. That's what I need. And I was a completionist even then as a kid. And even as a kid, I, I was very uh, serious with my scales. Like I had, we had like action men in, in the UK, which are essentially GI Joe. So they're like the 12 inch dolls. So I had loads of them as a kid, but I refused to, cross universes with my Kenner aliens and my Kenner Jurassic Park <laughs> figures. Do you know, like I was like, no, yeah. when I'm playing, these are two separate worlds. Um, so I was always collecting as a kid, but obviously you don't realize that's those type of uh, habits. You don't realize that's what you're doing. You're just, you're just a kid buying toys. Um, and then everyone, everybody, well, not everybody, but the majority of people do have those phases where life gets in the way, you get distracted and you get a little bit older and whatever. And then there's just something that, really ignites that spark that you had as a kid because i would sit uh, and watch the as you as you are a big fan of as well the x-men animated series like i had never honestly my my dad was a like a guy that would go to the pub drink beer like he wasn't uh, into any of this type of stuff at all like my dad would let me watch like alien and predator and terminator and stuff like that he'd sit me down and let me watch stuff like that but i was he wasn't showing me like Michael Keaton, Batman or S Superman. Like that wasn't something that he was interested in. So it's not like I was around comics or anything like that. My introduction to Marvel full stop before I even read a comic page or seen a comic panel was those animated shows, both Spider-Man and X-Men. Um, loved them both. Did they air simultaneously in the UK? I've never even thought about that. Yeah, we, we had Fox Kids in the UK, so they okay. would be on Fox Kids. And we also had a Saturday morning TV show. Like Saturday morning sh uh, sort of shows don't really exist anymore because obviously there's just so much on TV and there's now just kids' channels. But back in the day when we only had like four TV channels, yeah. there would be like Saturday morning cartoons and it would be Rugrats on this show. Again, this is a deep cut, but only UK <laughs> people in their 30s are going to remember this. But uh, yeah, there was a show called Live and Kicking. Uh, Andy Peters, Zoe Balls presented it again. Shout out my UK people, uh, and they'd play Rugrats first in the morning, and then after Rugrats, they'd get into the X Men, and that was how you'd see the X Men every Saturday morning. And they'd do it episodic as well. So, like previously on X Men, like you'd have to watch Saturday each Saturday morning, and then it wasn't until like we started to get Sky and stuff like that you could have Fox Kids, and then they'd they'd have days where they literally only play the X Men or they only play um, certain shows. And yeah, so I, I was I love stuff like Spider Man. Love Spider-Man as well. Like both of those shows I have rewatched since obviously being a kid. So I, I downloaded them. I was like sneaky on torrents trying to get them and stuff because DVDs are really hard to find. And, um, but yeah, those two, like my introduction to the majority of characters that I now know were through those shows. Like the X-Men had so many cameos. The Spider-Man had so many cameos. And like it would, it's like, so like in my adult collecting, most of these figures 
uh, most of these characters, I'd be like, oh, it's not like I know them from this storyline. It's like, oh, I know them from this episode or this TV show. Do you know, like, so, um, yeah, those, without those Marvel cartoons, there's no way these shelves would be behind me. And I, I don't know how far you can tell on the Zoom call, but like one side is all X-Men animated, like all Jim Lee era X-Men. And the other side is all Spider-Man as well. And oh, so it's like, yeah. they're, they're my two fandoms. And then above that's all the MCU and everything else in between underneath. Uh, but yeah, those and like the retro Spider-Man stuff, on the wall oh, I there. saw those on the yeah I keep keep telling the Marvel team look keep them coming out because I need to <laughs> fill that whole wall I've got I, my OCD is killing me that I've got an odd number there and I've got that gap uh but we are getting four more uh, four more confirmed we're getting the Venom with the Pulse Con we're getting Sandman we're getting uh what's uh Spider-Man 2099 and then Webman I think it is that weird Doctor Doom clone like stupid <laughs> clone of spider-man but still i would say that's that's how much of a sucker i am for this retro card you give me a, a character that i know nothing about and it's just a stupid joke on spider-man put it on that retro card i'm like yeah i'm buying two i'm buying two i i feel the same way about the x-men you put them on the retro cards and i will buy as many of them spoilers for some listener questions that came in a good <laughs> chunk of people when i solicited uh folks on the instagram page they were like, we need X-Factor Gene on the retro card. That is one that I am dying to have. have I, in, 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 honor of you, in honor of you, I pulled these out. So I haven't got, I haven't got a display for them yet, but Let's see. obviously I love the X-Men stuff just <gasps> as much. So I've got them in like nice protective cases. Um, yes. So like these are ready to go up on the wall. Like, but I need, again, the completionist in me. I don't want to just put these through on the wall. I need, I need Gene. I need, I need yeah. Wolverine. I need, I need Cyclops. I, I need well, Beast. I need them all in this card. I need the whole team. I'm wondering if now, well, I'm wondering if now seeing you hold them, if they're doing the nineties animated show and that we're going to get the Gene that we got in the lovers three pack re-released on a retro card. I mean, if they did that, that's it. I'm going to buy like 1800 of them because I <laughs> yeah, love yeah. Gene, but, um, they need to do Dark Phoenix as well on a retro card. Like oh, talking of Dark Phoenix, I oh. just love every opportunity I can to show this off. I I know. You, you, you must have this somewhere, right? Yeah, I have it. I I have I bought three of them. Um, I'm looking for her here. I don't I think I have her in my closet, but yeah. Um I and you know what? I was at the true down in Florida and I found one without the Phoenix emblem on her oh, chest. Wow. And I was like I don't want this. And I was like, motherfucker, I should have gotten <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, still so free head, still jeans, still cyclops. Still yeah. everything. And it was like, and it was a retail. I, I was lucky enough that I found that. And now, of course, on the secondary market, it's going for like $400 and stuff that, like that. that. Not that I ever want to sell it, of course, but that is my rainy day fund. If my engine packs up in my car on my way to work one day, in the back of my head, I'm like, don't worry. I've got that Phoenix and Cyclops two pack. I'm good. <laughs> I can get, I'll get my car sorted. But I don't want to. That's break for emergencies type of situation. <laughs> for emergency <laughs> yeah no well when the pandemic first started and literally all my work left i was like well let me start cleaning things out and this is before we even decided to move and and by the way everything worked out for me thankfully but i'm i'm very type a like i i'm all about where's my income coming from i had a white phoenix pop and i sold her on ebay for like 500 dollars, wow. and i'm like Ah, oh, now I'm like, damn, like everything worked out. It's fine. I would have rather have kept the white Phoenix and have that $500, which I probably spent at like McDonald's or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. You know? I've just gone on a diet. But is there still like a Legends from like the 90s animated or the Spider-Man, you know, animated that you're just dying to have? Um, so 
as I said, I, so I just showed off all the retro carded X-Men. So I want that whole Jim Lee crew. Like uh, my favorite X-Men character. I know this is something you guys are going to ask me anyway, but it's, of course, it's, it's Hank McCoy. It's get off, get off this podcast right now. <laughs> I, f- of all the characters that I have joked that I hate, it's Beast. <laughs> Get out. Get out right now. <laughs> yeah, so goodbye, everyone. It's been Why, fun. It's been fun. What's wrong with you? What yeah, kind no, of person I, likes Beast? Right, yeah. So, I, as I said, like I've always gravitated towards the, the clever guy in a crew. Like Donatello is easily the best turtle as well. No point arguing with me. The guy only needs a stick to defend himself. It's as simple as that. No two swords. Just give him a stick. That's all he needs. Beast, for me, was always that. Bra- He's got the brains and the brawns. Do you know? Like, And I, I, loved, I loved him in the animated show. And he's just someone that always stuck with me, always stuck with me, like big furry blue beast. And yeah, so like beast is something I always wanted. So here's someone I want on the retro card. Um, and yeah, just my, always been my favorite X-Men character. I actually got, a, I've got a custom head for my uh, X-Men. I think that Anthony Customs did. So it's very much like the animated beast that you see uh, on the show. Um, so uh, yeah, beast, uh, I'd love to see him on the animated card, but I don't think it will happen. They gave us the gray beast on that card, which doesn't make any sense. And we don't need never another Hank McCoy in the market to ruin everything. <laughs> Look, yeah, that guy goes for a pretty penny on the aftermarket too, so it's not that bad. I know. Uh, I, I actually held him. And, and, you know, the running joke is that I hate Beast, but I think <laughs> anime Beast is the best version of Beast. Like, yeah, and that, that's my experience. As I said, I've not... I, I've obviously dipped my toe in comics growing up now, um, but I there's no... I, I, as I said, I wasn't one of these guys who was reading them as a kid or anything like that, so everything I've learned as an adult. So for me, Beast is that animated series Beast. So I, uh, of course, as I said, I've went back and read his origins and all of that, but I'm not, I haven't read him in every storyline. Like, so I just have a very tunnel vision view of yeah. Hank McCoy from the animated show. So I completely, as I said, I'm, n- I'm not arguing with anybody, but again, there's no rules. Everyone can like who they want to like. <laughs> Absolutely. No. And it's, you know, I think Beast is one of those characters who translates really well into other mediums. I think in the comic books, everyone knows he's a bit of a D bag. And I think the X office has leaned into that a little bit and, you know, my main grievance with Beast has always been at the end of AVX, where he kind of like scolds Cyclops for everything that happened. And Cyclops brought back the mutants, you know, in the, from the Extinction arc. And Beast didn't even give him the, the benefit of telling him that. So, you know, I think Beast is an interesting character who's evolved. But again, he translates so well, like animated Beast when he when he was in prison. And that last scene in season one where Jubilee walks in, and she goes, Beast! You're free. <laughs> like yeah, they yeah. Hug. It's so cute. See, see, well, so when I think of Beast, I'm not thinking of those storylines and those things. Yeah. I'm thinking of animated Beast. And like that figure I've got is the closest thing I've got to having that animated Beast in plastic represented on my shelf. And after, at the end of the day, that's what everything on the wall, everything we collect is about. It's about having those little pieces of the things that we love as a constant reminder around us. Um, nostalgia yeah, it- fuels it. Dan, it's been a dream of mine for this podcast to have someone who was a big Beast fan come on and defend hey. him. So there you go. My, there you go. One of my favorite YouTubers coming in and defending <laughs> Beast. I, did, I was not expecting that today. I know this is another stupid one, but uh, talking about the retro card, I, I take them on any type of form. Mm-hmm. But loving the animated series so much, um, I, want, I want a morph. Like, oh, Where is he? 
exactly we we only needed a head all they needed to do was give us a head in that love triangle pack or just pack him somewhere else like occasionally they did it with uh, the shadow king they did it with lalandra like just mm-hmm. give us a head somewhere else and i'll put it on an extra um jacketed cyclops do you know what i mean like just give me that head. i just need that sort of animated that episode one animated team round up on my show and it's funny, when we spoke with Ryan Ting a couple of months ago, we, we asked him about every fan favorite character and what were the possibilities of them coming out. Yeah. And we did not ask about Morph. <laughs> and, why, and, and now you think about it like, oh, they released the, uh, the, the Age of Apocalypse Morph. That would have been a great place to put him. Or even Mystique. Well, Mystique came with Lalandra. So I'm happy we got, we, we, we got Lalandra's head. But um, yeah, I feel the conversation recently has been about Morph. And Mondo, the meme Wolverine figure that's coming out, has a Morph head. So you think yes. like... And, and I'm not trying, trying to throw any shade towards Morph because I love Morph as well. But he's a pretty easy face sculpt to do. Exactly. And, and as I said, very the, Marvel, easy. the Marvel team are not idiots. They must know this. And they've just released a Sentinel, for God's sake. And Morph is synonymous with the Sentinel in regards to the animated show. And um, as I said, most people know of the Jim Lee designs because of that animated show. That's a whole new generation like um, that as well. I, I guess you'd have to be sort of a 90s baby, even though I'm late 80s, but anyone in the late 80s or 90s is going to sort of gravitate towards the Jim Lee costumes. But yeah, Morph is just one of those characters that we need on our display. And again, he wouldn't even be the centre of the display. I just need him on like the third row, just so, so he's there, you know? just so I know he's there, just so he's there. <laughs> but he's just those, I like, I like, as I said, those that completionist in me is like, I need to complete that team. Um, and I like having that representation of every character. Like when I first started collecting, obviously you, you, we all know this game can get expensive. I was thinking to myself, okay, I just need one version or my favourite version of each character. So my mind's eye version of each character on the shelf. And then obviously you start exploring and learning about new characters and all of that. And you, those rules start adapting and changing when I go, okay, I have one version of every outfit of this character. It just is, it's crazy. But, um, but uh, yeah, that, that Jim Lee era and that animated show, I, I just want everything, everything represented on plastic. Even that guy in the intro, do you know the intro where the good guys and the bad guys are running together and there's just that random guy that isn't actually a Marvel character. It's just like some random guy in the bad guys lineup. You can literally name everyone, Avalanche, uh, yeah. Magneto, Sabretooth, and then like two from the back, I think there's just some random green outfit guy. That's a nobody. Oh, that, yeah. That's yeah. not even a character. Like, yeah, that's not even a character. But I, <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me no names and no name x-men I, bad guy from the intro i'd have it i'm hoping with the patrick brown art that we're seeing being released on the disney store and sort of the merch that's rolling out that they have an x-men animated revival coming very soon we've spoken with the lee Walds, who were the series cre- creators for the x-men animated we've spoken with larry houston who was the x-men yeah. director doesn't look like they've been asked officially and they want to don't they they want, they want the to do it they and they are so good and larry houston you sit down larry houston used to work at the marvel animation studios yeah. you know when there was a house he knows everything he was like friends with stan lee all that stuff like I just I just want the X-Men animated series to come back. I think they're going to tie it into when the X-Men eventually come into the MCU. I, I, I do think if the uh, What If series is pretty popular, and I always say this to people, a lot of people are very decisive in regards to, oh, I only like comic or I only like MCU. And for some reason, people feel like there's a divide and there's not. You can love both, you know? And I think if the MCU, when the MCU does something right, it sort of pushes it in the forefront of pop culture. Oh, and yeah. that's like, if it weren't for the MCU, we wouldn't be getting as many comic book Marvel legends that we're getting 
right now. It's as simple as that. Agreed. Agreed. So like you sort of have to appreciate that. So I think if what if an animated Marvel Studios project does well, that will only have a nice ripple effect for more animated projects, not just MCU, just in general, especially with a platform like Disney Plus. So I think if an animated show like What If can be what do be successful, they may start paying a little bit more attention to animated projects. It's it's a really like tough pill to swallow when you're such a diehard fan, but when you remove your fan hat and you start thinking of Marvel as an IP business, that's what that's exactly what you just said. Like they have yeah. to look at things that are doing well within the market. And think about it. Like we have been talking as a, you know, pop cultural like perspective, you know, as a community, yeah. we have been talking about Mephisto and Kang. And we're not talking about like just diehard fans. We're talking about like like my my fucking like deals like ex-girlfriend is dming me on like instagram saying did you see kang she doesn't she never read a comic book you know what i mean my little brother who was a big fan just because of me by proxy now knows everything that's going on with kang and like brief history because it's trending because people are talking about it and I'm just like, who were the Avengers? People forget this. Who were the Avengers before the movies? They were literally C-list characters. Yep. Iron Man was a C-list character. And the big ones were Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Spider-Man. And Marvel has pushed it. They're, they're steering the conversation with our pop culture. It's, it's even transcending comic books now. Just, just think with Endgame, who would have thought that like my nan would have seen Endgame and seen Spider-Man ride in on the back of Pegasus with Valkyrie whole dragging the infinity gauntlet or captain marvel sign in the sky do you know what i mean like you say that out loud like 10 years ago they'd laugh at you like, especially during the toby Maguire era of spider-man you'd be like you know what just wait until 2019 there'd be spider-man would be riding on the back of valkyrie holding the infinity gauntlet they'd just go what are you on about and that's where we are today it's crazy and again like the mcu the movies have pushed it to the forefront of pop culture which only has a positive knock-on effect for everything else that's touching that sort of Marvel umbrella, um, including com including toys and everything that we love. So uh, whether you're a fan of the MCU or not, you have to appreciate the impact it's had, a positive impact it's had on everything else that we love as well. Well, even taking it a step further, imagine if someone would have told you that a song about Agatha Harkness <laughs> yeah, was yeah. going to be number one on <laughs> iTunes yeah. as performed by Catherine Hahn. You know, a a Agatha Harkness as performed by... In the style of the monsters yeah. as well. Yeah, in the yeah. style of the monsters. Like, it's just like, it's mind-blowing the way they have just like redone pop culture. And, and I think that's what's so beautiful right now about being a stan is that anyone can like come into the Marvel familia and we can all yeah. have a conversation. But wait, I want to ask because you have such a rich history with the animated shows, with coming back to, you know, your passion with the Winter Soldier line. I'm curious when, when you started your YouTube channel in December yep. of 2016, how did sort of your passion pivot? Like when you're going from sort of a a collector, a fan on to to having a platform. How did that sort of change your approach to your to your hobby? Um, I get it sort of opened my eyes because obviously at first I was just picking stuff up and I wasn't I wasn't on marvelous news. I wasn't like reading following loads of people on Instagram. I was just a casual fan. So like have you obviously creating a channel, it made me 
do a little bit of more research into, and well, not research as such, just more exploring the fandom in regards to what else is out there. And like, cause at first I was like, do I want to collect? Like I knew I was going to go all in. I wanted in my head, I wanted a nice Marvel display. Like, so in my head, I was like, okay, do I go all in with Marvel legends or do I go all in with Marvel select? So I was like, both of them are pretty good, but which is better. And you know, like I was doing deep dives on forums. I was reading forum posts from like 10 years ago on people's opinions between the two. And I was just doing proper deep dives. And then I was, as I said, I was fans of these YouTube channels first. Like who doesn't know who Shardamus Prime is, do you know? Um, of course I'd watch every review he had as well. And um, yeah, like I definitely would, uh, I stopped picking and choosing figures and I went for all waves because I knew I wanted to make a platform and I knew I wanted to share that with people. And I thought instead of like picking, I just thought I'd buy a whole wave. Instead of just picking and choosing, I'd buy the whole wave, get my hands on first. And then if I, I thought to myself, if I didn't like a figure, or if it, that character wasn't someone I wanted on my shelf, I'd just sell it on it. It's not like you'd be at much of a loss. And it was nice for me because I'd have some content for the channel. But uh, as you know, when it comes to Marvel Legends, they're just so good. Like So like every figure I was getting, I was like, you know what? I was adapting my rules to be like, you know what? I can have this character in my display do you know like and it was characters that i was literally going through in, in the wiki uh, like the sort of marvel wikipedia book i've got a book underneath me here that literally is a bit ratty because i was using it so much just a, a marvel oh encyclopedia yeah like so i was reading because i used to do when i used to watch youtube reviews for marvel legends there used to be so many characters that the person who was doing the review would just take for granted that you knew exactly who they were but I'm a, just a casual fan who, as I said, who my fandoms come from the animated series and reignited by the movies. I was like, well, I don't know who that guy is. Like the figure, fine, it may be great, but who is this guy? So when I started my YouTube channel, I wanted to have a little bit different. So I started a segment called Who Is He or Who Is She, depending. And I'd do a little breakdown of the character. Like I'd do a little deep dive. So in turn, I was doing research on all these characters and learning more about them myself which would in turn make me love these characters even more so i was like if anything i was digging myself a dig bigger hole because i went from just being a casual fan wanting to share this collecting with just sort of explore who's out there to sort of digging myself a trench and living in it because i was like this is too much fun um and yeah like i don't know if you've seen some of my early reviews but those who is he segments I'd spend, I lived on my own at that time as well. So I had more time to put into my content. It's a little bit more difficult now, but that's why I've sort of fell off from doing that. But I did enjoy doing those deep dives. But I remember yeah. those deep dives that you did. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, that, always, that, it's so interesting that people who come to, this con to these content channels, they're not necessarily the diehard fans. And I always have to remember that because I will pick up a conversation about a certain character or talk about X-Books and I don't re necessarily remember that probably about 75% of people who come to yep. Power of X-Men are newish listeners, readers who, who are just trying to discover the X-Men. So that was very, I'm, I'm, I love that you had your ear to the ground on that. Very you've, early. Got to be, you've always got to be considerate as well to people because there's, a, there's definitely a section, that, no matter what fandom there is in the world, there's always, unfortunately, a little negative, toxic section of that, mm -hmm. that fandom. And the, the same with this, of sure. Um, and as, that, as I said, I try to avoid the negativity. We're grown men that collect toys, for God's sake. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Do you know, I go away. Um, but there is always that negative sort of pile. And there's, if you said you, oh, I don't know who that character is, there's always a section that goes, ha ha, you don't know who that is. And it's like, well, shouldn't, shouldn't you want to teach me about that? Shouldn't that excite you? Shouldn't that ignite the flame that goes, 
I'll be, like I'm excited to share my passions with other people. So it do, it doesn't make sense to me when people try and keep it close to the chest and be like, well, I know everything. And I'm like, well, share. Shouldn't you want to share that knowledge? I I agree. I have so many friends who are just getting into the Marvel universe, and they're like. Oh my God, Paul, did you see the ending of Loki Kang? And it's like, just wait until <laughs> you see him, you know, in pop up in Ant-Man or, or Young Avengers, like, and telling them about Immortus and stuff like that. Yeah. I've never, that again, that's why Power of X-Men was created because like when the pandemic happened and I was extremely depressed, I wanted to lean into my fandom and I was still fighting with people. And exactly what you just said, I'm a grown man in my thirties and I'm arguing with someone like, I don't want to argue. I just want to have a good time. And if I don't know something, that's something I always say on this podcast. I don't know everything. I am profoundly wrong about my facts. Sometimes it is okay. Come in. We have a conversation. There's no wrong way to be a fan. Of course, yeah. As I said, no shame. It's just what you love. And that's that's why I don't get when tr- there's that se- section that are really negative oh. towards people that don't know everything. And it's like, look, if you didn't have Wikipedia, you wouldn't know everything as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, not everyone has all the time to read every comic book. No one does. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, we, Literally, my we, brain is like this big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just it's just, just the way it is. Everyone has their little pockets. And and I, as I said, I just, I'm just happy to, like, if there's someone, like, when they're, like you said, you get friends and family come up to you and get excited. I could be like, well, I already knew that, you idiot. Do you know what I mean? But I don't. I'm like, oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? I, I lean into it a little bit. I'm happy they're happy type thing. Where you could be like, well, actually, I already knew that. Do you know, like wiggling your glasses out. I'm like, come on now, just well, enjoy it. You know what's so funny? I knew the <laughs> Avengers were really big a couple of years ago when my dad, who obviously bought me X-Men figures, comic books, everything, growing up, knew I was a huge fan. He looks at me and goes, son, have you ever heard of the Avengers? I'm talking <laughs> about Captain America. And I'm like, oh, dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, but again, it, it added a new level of dynamic you know, to my relationship with him because I was like, dad, you don't understand. Let me, and we were speaking in Spanish because somos cubano, but like, to have that conversation with my dad about what Captain America's role was, not only in the Marvel universe, but with his relationship with the X-Men and stuff like that, and even Civil War and stuff like that. My dad's like, are you serious, son? Like, it's just so wonderful to have those relationships with with family members specifically. But I have a question for you about- Go for it. Do you have a holy grail? of uh, that you still are seeking out whether it's marvel legends or anything else there's um like as i said i'm a bit of a completionist mm-hmm. and like we live in that day and age where the internet you can you can virtually get anything you want on the internet if you're willing to pay the price and don't get me wrong i have my limits but i'm also fortunate enough where that if there's something that i really want i'll find a way to get it whether it's selling something or whatever whatever do you know like so at, the, at this point in time, I don't particularly have like that white whale that I'm trying to hunt down. I'm just enjoying all the new stuff that's coming out and like con- 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 consistently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just consistently upgrading the collection. Like uh, I want the best versions of these characters I love on the shelf. So if they re-release a figure, but it's got that updated tech on it, a 3D printing tech or something on like, I want that version. I want the better version. I'm not, and again, yes, you could argue, oh, well, we should have got that one the first time around. It's just, that's just not how this toy business works. It's just, look, you don't have to buy it. Just 
I, I want it. I want the best versions of all these characters. So instead of like trying to search out that, that, that uh, Holy Grail and dropping a bomb on that, I'm sort of keeping my money to the side to spend on the, the waves that are yet to come. Do you know? Because <laughs> I know they're still, I still, they're, no one's, we're in the golden age. I say it all the time, but we genuinely are in the golden age oh, of collecting. Yeah. Like, because the people that are now in charge of these companies making the toys are people you're my age. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Just think that the, the people that share this same passion as us are now the people in charge of these bigger companies. It's why we're getting toy lines from like one of my other passions um, is the turtles, the cartoon turtles. Like when I was growing oh, up, yeah. that was the VHS tapes I had as a kid. Like we didn't have Netflix back then as a kid, as you know. So you, you, you'd be sat down in front of the TV with the same couple of VHS tapes and you'd watch them over and over again. For me, it was the cartoon turtles. So like I love I love that Necker are now, like as I said, only the last couple of years are now releasing cartoon accurate figures of the turtles that I wanted as a kid, you know, like, so that's just the type of golden age we live in now is that I'm in my thirties and now I'm getting the accurate versions that I imagined myself playing with as a kid. Um, and I can have them all displayed. Like this side of my room is all Marvel, but then the other side of the camera is like Power Rangers and Turtles and Jurassic Park. And I've even got Space Jam figures. The first Space Jam, of course. Not, oh, not I haven't one. seen the sequel yet. <laughs> I, don't know I, I don't know if I want it. I don't know if I want to ruin the, the vibe for me. But Let me ask you a very personal question here. Go on, go on. Did you get Cat April? Did you pre-order Cat April? Oh, I, I was there fresh and refreshed with everybody else. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I want that. To, I want, it's, not, it's not like I wanted Cat April. I wanted the... This, the Channel 6 news team. Yes. You know, I wanted Ver, uh, uh, Irma and Vern, uh, where you had Vern, I guess, but now I can have that rat Vern with the Rat King and now I can have the, the sort of cowardly Vern holding the camera. You know, like, I wanted that channel. They were the type of figures as a kid. I had all the Turtle Toys as a kid, as you know, but I didn't have the cartoon accurate ones. They never made the tune accurate versions. I think they did, but I, not, I, I never got them. So again, now in well, my Cat 30s, April looks different in the in the animated show. Yeah, yeah. Like, as I said, I'm not bothered about Cat April. I wanted that Channel Six news team. I've not even investigated too much into that. But I'm all I'm all in for everything cartoon tools. I've got everything so far, and that's uh, not cheap either. The Channel Six pre-order cat april i missed it i was like oh, i'll just order it later it was it, it did sort of come back and go it was a bit it was very frustrating i was there from the as i said as a collector being in this toy community we're not idiots we're experts now we know what the score is you gotta have a couple of computers on you gotta have that your, your, your f5 at the ready um and i was there like everybody else but the U, the international ones wasn't going up so i'm seeing all my us friends tweet and and um, uh, put on instagram i've oh, got it got it got it and it was saying that England wasn't even a country. I'm like, are you oh. kidding me? Check the map. Check the globe. It's a country. Let me put it in my poster. <laughs> Do you know what I said? Like, it took ages oh, to get out. But uh, but yeah, it is that relief. I, I literally pre-ordered something on the Matty Collector website before I got one of the Jurassic Park um, exclusives. And that was so easy. It was literally just went on casually, added a couple to my cart, checked out. I was like, it lured me into this false sense of confidence of like, oh yeah, the Necker stuff will be easy. They must have sorted it out last year, the pandemic, and they must have got it sorted. Nope, it was still a stress. Oh, well, I didn't even like attempt. I just thought like, oh, I can just order it later or something like that. And I'm harbor because one of the things from my childhood that I never got, and I begged my parents for it, for whatever reason they said no, I don't know what B was in their bonnet, was the Channel 6 van with the green April figure. They said yeah. no. I wanted to be a reporter growing up. I, I used to report the news for my local for my <laughs> school when i was little and i was heartbroken devastated and i should have jumped on that 
But I have a couple more lightning questions for you, and then we're going to get into some listener questions that came. Go for it. But do you have anyone in the toy community who has sort of been your mentor as you've started, you know, your channel and and you've grown and you've risen? Um, I wouldn't say anyone's a particularly a mentor, but I'm always just like everybody inspired by everyone else. Like I take the uh, elements of that I like from other people and try and implement them in my own way. Like, as I said, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And there's, it's no secret that my setup is like just a simple white screen with the Marvel legends. And who does that? Shadimus prime, you know, like, so it's, it's no secret that like, of course I'm inspired by people like him, but, um, as I said, I just wanted to put my own twist on it, but I haven't got the same humor as Shyamus. You know, I haven't got the same opinions and thoughts. And as I said, the collector's experience is different. So it may look similar, but the experience is completely different. Um, with, with the live streams, it was always something I wanted to do, but in Parallel Universe really kicked that off within the sort of toy community. And I wanted, to, and as I said, like I, I was like, okay, sound, it, it, it's doable. Let's do it. And I always, as I said, I, I told him straight, I said, yeah, imitation, high form of flattery. Can we be a guest? Let's, let's talk about it. And uh, yeah, so I guess everyone, I, I, one of my favorite YouTubers is Robo from the Fuchsia as well. Like everything he puts Robo. out, like he's replaced Saturday morning cartoons for me. Like it, like on Saturday mornings now, the Fuchsia uh, weekly goes up and I can, I can sit and watch that, you know, with, with my cup of tea in the morning instead. Um, so yeah, like I guess I take, uh, and again, it's, it's, it's only because I'm fans of these people and I admire these people, but I, I always am a fan first and foremost. But there's, there's a couple. Next question. Who is your favorite? Which is your favorite legend? Uh, favorite legend. Uh, do you know what? It, do you know, as I said, because if people always ask that question, if the house is on fire, who'd you run out with? As I said, for me, it's like, who do you just think if the house went on fire, I just have to grab a handful and run. But, but like, I, I, who would I grab? Like for me, it's all about nostalgia. Like the whole reason these are on my shelf is because they sort of open that door within my brain and release those chemicals of just good times. Do you know? So I think at the moment it would just, just for the pure nostalgia of it, it would have to be like the retro carded Spider-Man mm. just because for me, that represents so much of my, my childhood in, in a positive way and also modern collecting as well which is such a great figure and just the retro card and as i said you can see my wall on, on the zoom call I've, I've i love the retro stuff i will take every spider-man character on that retro card please i will, I will fill my house this whole room <laughs> be, replace the bricks with my house with retro spider-man cards is there one figure you're just dying to see or one character you're dying to see come out in marvel legends format that hasn't come out yet uh, sticking with the retro cards, I've said to I've said to Ryan and, and Dan many times, like complete the teams. Oh, I need the whole. If you're going to give me a couple of these Sinister Six characters on this retro card, I need the whole Sinister Six on this retro card. If you're going to give me uh, White Storm, Vogue, and Gambit on this retro card, then I need Tiger Strike, Wolverine, and Cyclops and Jean Grey. Do you know, like yep. finish those teams. I know we have those figures. I know we've already gotten before. But as I said, for me, the, those nostalgia, those retro cards just hit a different way. Do you know? So I need those oh, I teams agree. completed. Okay. And we have some listener questions that are in. And I'm just going through them right now. We got, we got, we, we got a good healthy amount. I want to pick some of the fun ones here. Here's one about my favorite character ever, Jean Grey. Um, one of our people in the Power of X-Men community says, Jean should always have some power effects in her packaging. Yes. Agreed. 
Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And they can change up what the power effect is as well because the powers are reflected differently depending on who's, what panel you're looking at, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'll take that. I'm trying to try to look and see if my gene on my display has got any power effects on. She doesn't, but she's doing the hand, <laughs> the hand that they hand. give you. Yeah. I think I have her, I don't know which power effect I, I put on her. I think it may be Psylocke's, but I've been kind of shocked that Jean has never come with some power effects. Do you know the swirly ones, the, the small swirly yeah. ones that fit around the hands? I think out of the Marvel Legends sort of catalog, I think they would work for Jean. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd have Jean with some power effects. Yeah, hopefully when they do, dude, I have like four questions here about the X-Factor gene. <laughs> so hopefully if we ever get an X-Factor gene, they will just throw so many power effects with her. But I don't know, like I even, even with like the Marvel Select uh, Days of, or Days of Future Products, excuse me, Here Comes Tomorrow Phoenix, I use that Phoenix bird for her. I don't have it on display here because I'm still working on my shelves, but I'm not too, I, I'm particularly not heartbroken about Gene not coming with power effects, I acknowledge that's something a, a lot of people want. If they're going to give her power effects, I want them to be unique power effects. So not sort of some of the recycled ones we've seen in the past. Yeah, I, I get that. And a lot of people sometimes complain about other generic things like, why doesn't the character come with a gun or something? It's like, look, if you're collecting figures. I'm sure you've got a spare couple of effects or gun pieces in your, your boxes you can display. And again, that's the whole thing of collecting. There are no rules. You, doesn't, you can't, just because that figure doesn't come with a set of effects doesn't mean you can't then display her with someone else's it's your rules you create your own world what figure deserves a re-release with an updated mold uh well because i want to get bony points with you let's say the the, the phoenix guys um, <laughs> right there not not only because it could do with a new updated female but mold um which they are slowly getting better at now but um like this deserves its own retro card within itself. And because it's so hard to get as well at the minute and so many people still want it, I'm not one of these sort of hoardery collectors where I'm like, ha ha, I've got it and you haven't. If you want it, I want you to have it as well. So like, yeah. this is one of those hard to get figures that I think is worthy of a re-release. Um, so yeah, dark, let's say Dark Phoenix. Well, and what I love about the Dark Phoenix two-pack, Ryan Ting came up with that idea. Yes, his first one. It was his first was sort his of first in, wasn't one? it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm right there with you. We have um, a friend of the podcast called Art of Lucas who's designed shirts for us and he doesn't have that. And before I knew how much she was on the secondary market, I was like, oh, let me just see if I can send it to him as a gift because you want other people to yes. be excited and everything. And I was like, oh, if even if it's just like $50, like it's okay. Like I'll just send it to him as a gift or maybe I can find her loose or something like that. Uh-uh, boyfriend. She yeah. is like so insanely <laughs> expensive. I'm like, uh, I wouldn't even buy that for myself if I saw yeah. that now. Even even the separate heads because you can put the other heads on like the, yeah. the green Jean Grey and whatnot. And we still need a, a white version of Jean Grey that we haven't gotten the sort of new Marvel Legends. Era. Oh, I have. I So I have the prototype white phoenix oh, gene. Nice. i think she's in the other room that is a nice piece we found her my well my husband and i met talking about gene gray from the x-men when it was aol keyword marvel and it was about the toy biz figures we went there so when white phoenix is my favorite version of gene i know it's because she's you know yeah. viewed as dead but i she's in the white hot room she's all powerful and when they had announced that i was so excited for it but then obviously the things that were happening with the variant figures at the time i'm still not yeah. clear with what happened but i'm sure it was like a retailer thing it never got produced prototype ended up on ebay and we paid <laughs> we paid so much for it it was 
probably comparable to one month's rent. <laughs> and I live <laughs> in New York City. It was a lot. Still, but, that is a very, like, that is such a unique, like, that's a holy grail piece within itself. One of a yeah. kind. I don't know any, I don't, you're the first person I know to even physically have it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, bravo. That's, that's. But and we, so if, it's a question to you. If that did get re-released or get made a new updated version of, would that take any love away from the prototype that you have? Oh, not at all. Not at yeah. all. I yeah. will say the only thing when we finally got it, I think later that year, they re they said they were going to do the X-Men wave one and Phoenix was in it. And I was like, oh man, like I just paid this obscene amount for her. But I was like, no, this is white Phoenix. Because again, at the time, Jean was dead in the comic book. She was yeah. white. She was in the white hot room. I wanted my entire collection to sort of gravitate towards her there on the Phoenix yeah. bird. And she has. And um, we got that. And no, I was so happy with it. Um, I'm still happy with it. And then I'm glad we got another Phoenix. And then we got Dark Phoenix. So the heads from the Dark Phoenix, I put one of them, sort of her more tamed hair. Yes, yes, I put yeah. that on the White Phoenix body. And now I'm just like, I want other people to experience who White Phoenix is. Please release that for, for, for the general masses. And I'm dying for a White Phoenix variant. For anything anyone does when they do like a Gene Phoenix thing, I want a White Phoenix. It's got to be a matter of time. Got to be a matter of time. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for it. But um, no, man, like it doesn't, again, it just, you want to, you want to share your fandom with other people. And White Phoenix is such a great character. I want other, other fans to experience that. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's, here is someone you may know. Okay, when go is, on. When is super <laughs> producer Rich M getting a <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know we've got to hit the year mark we've still got a probation like he he should have read the fine print uh, uh on on the contract uh because he's still under probation at the minute it's a long probation period a little bit unusual i admit um but uh, i'll let him know when the time has come i'll let him know but uh, shout out super producer rich m displayed once we love displayed once here at power of x-men he comes to <laughs> our monthly book club he has given me such great advice especially i've tried to somewhat dip a toe into youtube and he's been a very guiding light so thank you so much displayed once his serious question though is what's one marvel legends figure you regret not buying oh one marvel regret not buying it's, it's awkward though because i've always if there was something I didn't get at the time and I've changed my mind and I wanted to get it, I went back and got it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Good question, Rich, but uh, he knows, <laughs> he knows me better than everyone else. That like, if there's something I really want, I'm going to find a way to get it. Um, so yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I regret not getting five Sentinels. I'll tell you that much. Oh uh, my gosh, me too. But I don't have the money for five Sentinels. So it's not much I could do about that. But that was, if I had the funds, that would have definitely been something I would have done. The Sentinels come up a lot in conversation, especially with Galactus, because we're slowly marching towards like the goal there. And I'm curious, maybe if you know this, I, and I've never asked the, the fellas at Hasbro, is is the way they're reporting the Galactus coming in, is it unique users or is it per units? Because I've always thought that maybe the Sentinel was able to hit the goal faster was because it wasn't unique buyers. It was per units there. So yeah, people I, obviously bought like I, I believe yeah, I believe that's what, how they're doing it. It's per it's per unit, it's not per, per purchase. Okay. So if, if I buy five, it would come up five, not one. So yeah. I do think it's per unit because just think they want it to fund. And isn't, I, I do think the Sentinel is going to fund. Uh, of, course, of course, the Sentinel did, but I mean, I, I want the Galactus to, and it, I'm sure it will. But um, they're, just, they're just 
taking their time. They've got they, they haven't even released any of the tiers yet, which I think is a little bit unusual from a marketing standpoint. Like, yeah. like why haven't you done that yet? Like, but we shall see. We shall see. Okay, hang on. There's another set of questions here, and maybe this is probably the the good listener question to end on because so many people said this coming in. Excalibur exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. Uh, another one. Ryan Ting had Excalibur in the background of the podcast, or excuse me, of the live stream. I think. I mean, we know Excalibur is coming. It's been hinted at for a while. Well. <sighs> I can't say too much, but if I've been playing my cards right with the Marvel team for a while now. You notice there wasn't a Dan Who question on their video yesterday. Mm. Maybe they're saving my channel for something else. Okay. Okay. Good. Been flying that UK flag. I'm just saying. Just saying. Okay. You know what? Well, I didn't get any reveals with that, with that Wolverine pack. Maybe that's because I went, do you know what? I'll wait. Okay. I think that is a great way to end this section. <laughs> Dan, you are one of my favorite YouTubers. Oh, I genuinely so, appreciate that. Thank you. So excited to have you. Do you have, I know you just hinted at something, but do you have any projects on the horizon that you can talk about? Well, every Thursday is 8 p.m. As I said, we're about to hit our year milestone. So uh, hopefully we can something we continue doing into the future. I do a live stream. And as I said, I've, I've now launched my join button on my bu- uh, on my channel. So you can hit that join button, join the members club. And the great thing about my channel is if you join at the members club tier, you can be a part of the channel you're supporting. I literally have a show called Les and the Liquor, where it's just a casual hangout, talking toys with my channel members. And again, that's me sort of trying to give back to the people who genuinely want to support my channel. Um, so yeah, Legends and Liquor every other Sunday, uh, live streaming every Thursday, and then me reviewing anything that I fancy like reviewing, mainly Marvel Legends, but every now and then I sprinkle someone with a fandom in there. Um, but yeah, just YouTube. It's, uh, it's Dan Who on Instagram. I try and treat a little bit more as well these days. Um, it, it's Dan, yeah, Dan Who Reviews, I think, on Twitter. But I'm about, I'm about, I'm not shy. I'm about, but uh, yeah, come and find me on Instagram or YouTube. That's where you'll find me most active. And are your live streams going to continue every Thursday after you hit the year marker? Yeah, I think so. I wanted, I wanted to do a Friday, uh, but the missus shut that down very quickly because she didn't want every Friday night me being distracted, which made sense, which makes sense. So I've sort of found my home on a Thursday now. And uh, yeah, I think on, on next week, I'm going to get my party hat on, do some party poppers and just have like a general chinwag with uh, the audience um next week just as a celebration just as a nice little achievement for ourselves you know like we did it we committed to it and as i said one of the golden rules about youtube is consistent you got to be consistent with your content you can't just you know like as i said like if i if i didn't upload anything in a few months and came back it would be hard to build that momentum again so um yeah i want to continue and uh, i don't see no reason why not to this it's not like they're not giving us much to talk about in this toy age yeah we're, we're in the golden era so uh yeah, long way to continue. It's been fun. Well, that's the main thing. I'm having fun. All right. Well, we had fun talking to you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you for the invite. As I said, I'm, I'm a fan. I've been watching. Uh, I've been casually um, watching. I, I'm, I, I uh, get a lot of my content from YouTube. And I know you don't put everything on YouTube, mm. but most of the stuff you have on YouTube, I've been watching. And uh, I was introduced to you guys from the Ryan Ting interview. Like, oh, that's when yeah. I first came. And then right, and then obviously Rich Emmers obviously went, oh, let me tell you about these guys, you know? So, so uh, yeah, no, I'm, as I said, it's a pleasure. Thank you for the invite. No worries. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I'm the Uncanny Day Spring signing off.